This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, let's switch from trucks to electric vehicles. Well, for Canadians who want to switch to electric, a lack of infrastructure uh, and real concerns about range are holding them back when it comes to purchasing electric vehicles. Range anxiety consistently ranks among Canadians, uh, for Canadians, as one of the top barriers to uh, purchasing an electric vehicle. Of course, that is slowly changing. Uh, in Canada, we have roughly 16,000 EV chargers uh, across this country. Now, Natural Resources Canada says uh, our country will probably need 200,000 public EV chargers by 2030. Now, today, Jonathan Wilkinson, who is the Minister of Natural Resources, announced that the federal government will spend $19 million for the installation of 2,400 EV chargers, of which 1,800 will be installed around Metro Vancouver. Joining me now to discuss today's announcement and the long road to building an EV charging network in our country is Jonathan Wilkinson. Minister, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, I know you've made an announcement today uh, in regards uh, to the installation of up to 2,400 EV chargers, about 1,800 of them, which will be installed in the Metro Vancouver uh, area. Uh, This is, one would argue, just the start. I mean, uh, how significant will this be in regards to the need that's out there for British Columbia and the rest of Canada? Well, I think it's significant. It's, uh, as you say, 2,400 new chargers, um, and that builds upon, um, you know, many thousands of chargers that are already out there. British Columbia is actually leading Canada in terms of the deployment of infrastructure, and that's partly because the federal government's been involved, but also the province of BC has been involved. But today was um, done in partnership with a number of developers who are actually ensuring that the buildings that they're building are going to be capable of of, uh, charging electric vehicles, which are which are really the future of transportation in the context of fighting climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, what role or what po- what position do you think, uh, for the federal government itself, what po- what kind of pressure do you think you can put to- on the provincial government in this case? Because in many cases, a lot of this also has to do with building codes and uh, encouraging, uh, you know, retrofitting older buildings as well. Uh, talk to me a little bit about working with uh, the provincial government and getting some of these older buildings uh, retrofitted with potential charges as well? Well, it's, it's a really good question. Um, obviously, it's, it's easier with new buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, when you uh, develop this from the beginning, it's obviously both simpler and, and less expensive. But we are going to need uh, to see uh, retrofits of existing building stock uh, for the purpose of actually having chargers, but also to improve the energy efficiency of the building envelope. We are developing... Um, a new building code, uh, the national building code, that we uh, obviously then hand to the provinces and ask them to implement. British Columbia has been very collaborative in the, in the discussions that we've been having. I, I think that um, we are very likely to see British Columbia um, be helpful from, a, from a, um, a building code perspective in terms of making sure that this moves forward. They have the, the same objectives as the federal government in terms of addressing climate change, but doing so in a manner that addresses affordability and, and uh, that creates good, good jobs for, for folks who live here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just to confirm, uh, of the 1,800 or so, these are mostly level 2 chargers, which are the slower chargers. Uh, how many of them are level 3 chargers, which are uh, obviously faster? 
So the bulk of them are level two. I, off the top of my head, I don't have the split, but but the bulk of them are level two. There are some level threes in here, um, uh, and and as you as you say, um, they're, they're they're kind of different purposes, right? Like if you're at a parking lot or you're somewhere where you're leaving your car for a few hours, the level twos are just fine. If you're actually needing a fast charge, um, and that's why you see level threes at, at many of the gas stations, for example, um, you need a obviously a quicker charge. Um, and so, uh, so we are trying to, in the planning we're doing with respect to the rollout, thinking about, you know, the, the, the proportion that you actually need that are level twos or level threes. Obviously, people who actually fuel their car at home um, need something that, that, it, that can be done overnight, which is even slower. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the United States just recently, there was an announcement, uh, it may have been earlier this week or, or, or last week, but Tesla is saying that they're opening up their network by 2024 to other um, uh, car manufacturers to uh, at least have some sort of industry standard or working together in regards to making their EV chargers available. Has there been any sort of conversation of, of that sort here in Canada? Absolutely. Um, I mean, standardization is, is critically important uh, as we move forward. Certainly, we are having that with the auto manufacturers, just as the Americans are. Um, we are also having it with the Americans. Uh, it is really important in terms of a technology deployment perspective to be able to have interoperability on uh, on a range of things, including the, the charging infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the broader conversation about EVs and subsidies in regards to purchasing EVs. Uh, British Columbia has had a subsidy. There's been a federal subsidy as well. Um, the, it has been reduced uh, to a certain degree here in British Columbia, only based on uh, the the uh, those purchasing vehicles of 50000 or under now receive that subsidy, not above that. Uh, but is the desire from the federal government to continue with a federal government subsidy when it comes to EV purchases at this point? At this point, yes, we uh, we just renewed our um, commitment to that in the last budget. Um, we provide up to five thousand dollars for uh, for buying a new electric or, or other alternative fuel vehicles, um, and uh, and we will continue to do so until the time that we see that the price difference between electric and internal combustion engines essentially um, largely go away. A lot of that is related to manufacturing volumes. Um, at the end of the day, you know, if you manufacture a car and you only make 10 of them and you, or you make 2 million of them, um, the cost is very, very different. And, and as we're in this transitional period where electric vehicle sales are ramping up, there is a need for us to ensure that there is affordability such that we see deployment. But over the long term, obviously, there is no intention to continue to subsidize once we get to the point where they are cost competitive. Uh, we certainly know uh, the long-term uh, uh, sort of the feasibility of, of obviously electric vehicles, and I think everybody who wants to purchase a vehicle in the future are already thinking about potentially going electric. How important is the near term now, the next four to five years, in regards to the the EV population in the context of these chargers that you announced today? How important is it in regards to just driving those sales and getting people increasingly look at EV as the as the way to go? Well, it's incredibly important um, as, as we move forward. I mean, certainly, I think one of the, the barriers to major deployment of EVs has often been the lack of infrastructure and people being worried about, you know, will they be able to actually find a place to charge up their cars? I think in British Columbia, that is less and less the case. But certainly in some provinces and territories, that remains a barrier to deployment. We in Canada have made the commitment, uh, just as many of the auto manufacturers have actually made, um, that we won't be able to buy an internal combustion engine after 2035 in this country. 
which means we really do need to see an acceleration of deployment, which means you really need to see a build out of infrastructure so that people are comfortable doing that. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's something that, you know, today was all about. Minister Wilkinson, thank you so much for your time today. Pre- appreciate it. Not at all. Thank you.